Um, yeah, so Amy has, uh, Amy has said it's the quiz this morning is sort of strenuously linked um, to what we want to talk about. Um, and we are, we're going to make a bit of an introduction, um, a wee bit around giving, around money. Immediately I'm panicking even saying that. Um, that's where we're going to be. This will be there this morning for the next number of weeks. Um, but before we do that, the, I've just been struck by this over the last couple of days, and I just wanted to thought it was just worth sharing. Um, Caleb, if you can put up that picture that I sent you, I want to, I want to share it because it's amazing, but also because last week, if you remember, we were speaking about time. Over the last number of weeks, we've been speaking about time and how we'd be faithful with the time that we've been given, how we steward our time. And then we talked last week about this idea of chronos and kairos. And now I'm under pressure because Philemon, the Greek speaker, is in the room. But chronos, this idea of just like, it's just normal, the normal standard time, time in the, on the clock and the calendar, we follow along chronos time. Then this idea of kairos, this sort of like word that reminds us that every moment is pregnant with possibility every moment pregnant with possibility. And, uh, and so we looked at some stories and we looked at some of the language of Jesus and the gospels. We looked at some of the words that Paul uses. For example, don't grow weary in the chronos. Don't grow weary in the, in the, in the, in the doing. Don't grow weary and plod on because at just the right time, in the kairos moment, you'll, you'll see fruit. Just the right time, you'll reap a harvest if you keep going. If you remain attentive, we talked about that. If you remain attentive and put yourself in a posture of listening and being attentive to what the Lord is doing, anything can happen. And so I heard about this. This is a picture of Asbury University in Kentucky in the United States. And uh, on Wednesday morning, as they do every Wednesday morning in this Christian university, Staff and students got together on the morning, as they do every morning, for devotions. A couple of worship songs. And just that chronos, that daily time of keeping up routine. And on Wednesday morning, the, the guy that was leading devotions from the university was taking the students through Romans 12, a thought through Romans 12 around confession and repentance and love and action. And in response... In response to what he had spoken, three or four students, a few students, three or four, I think, um, were so caught by this idea of confession and love and action that they stayed behind afterwards when everybody else had left and just began to pour out their hearts to the Lord, just began to confess to one another, began to worship together in a group of four or five. And this is of yesterday evening. This picture was taken yesterday evening. It has not stopped. Confession, repentance, and worship has not stopped in this building uh, since Wednesday morning during the devotions in this place. And so it's good that the kids have stayed in. Because do you know what happened? Do you know what's happened? All classes have been cancelled. Do you know what else? All homework assignments have been pushed back. And what else has happened is that students from other universities across the state and outside of the state have began to come. 
and began to gather in, in this environment, in this place, and began to confess and began to worship and cry out to the Lord. It feels a wee bit like a Kairos moment. And I know it feels miles away, but it feels it just encourages us to know that any, anything is possible. Every moment, who knows what can happen, every moment is, is pregnant with possibility. And so there's, there's, there's business people. There's people who have taken days off work because they're wanting, to be, they're wanting to respond to what the Lord is doing. Their antenna is up. Neville's reminded me of that a few times this week. Their antenna is up. They're, they're attentive. They're attentive to what the Spirit is doing. And they're not wanting to miss this moment. It feels like the Spirit is being poured out. And the beautiful thing about this place is, is it's not the first time. And if you read the history, I haven't had time to loads this week. But 1905, something similar happened. Two or three men, there was a blizzard and, the, and two or three men decided that they were going to confess and cry out to the Lord and worship. And it began to spill out into the rest of the university. And better than that, I think, it began to spill out into the community and, and to the nation. It happened again in 1970. It feels like it's happening again. It almost feels too big to use the language of revival, but it feels something like that. And I'm not one for using sort of that sort of emotive like language, but it feels like a spirit is doing something in this place. And it just reminded me of where we were last week. And so that feels like some of that can almost, you can walk away thinking that's, that's theory, that's all well and good. Well, actually here it is being lived out. Here it is being played out in Asbury University in Kentucky in the United States. It just encourages me that even as we worship today, Something could happen as we gather next Sunday with our antenna up, with our attentive posture towards listening to the voice of the Spirit. Anything is possible. Good story in it. Amen. Um, it's still going. And people from all across the nation are joining in. And so we have talked about being faithful, being wise. And I hope even the last couple of weeks and even with this story, to be expectant with our time. We want to do the same with everything that has been entrusted to us. And that's what we've wanted to do since the start of the year. Just the idea of being faithful and stewarding wisely with all that has been entrusted to us. And the time, time has been given to us a gift to us and we've talked about that and, and we're also recognizing that there's treasure that has been given to us and we want to be wise and faithful to what has been entrusted to us and then in another number of weeks time we want to talk about our talents our gifts they have also been entrusted to us and we want to be wise and faithful in how we steward them so we aren't we're not going to talk loads uh about it, we want, to, we want to lay a bit of a foundation this morning. Um, but I wanted to, to play a video, if it's all right, Caleb, if you can uh, play this video from the Bible Project. Another opportunity just to flag how amazing uh, the Bible Project is. Again, I want to encourage you, as I've done before, get the app. It is so helpful in um, just engaging visually with the Bible, with the story, with its themes, with its characters. Um, and so this is one of the videos, um, Abraham and Melchizedek. We are walking through the story of focusing on the role of a king. 
And that story begins with God creating a garden. All right, son. Where heaven and earth are one. Thanks, Kilp. Um, don't worry, we're not going to unpack all of that. Um, I do want to know if, the, just to give them a, he- a bit of a heads up, would you guys be willing to do all to Jesus, I surrender at the end? Is that all right? I'm going to take another few minutes and then we'll finish with that. I know I've repeated myself a wee bit about where we were last Sunday. Um, and so forgive me for those that were there on Wednesday night. But just by way of like quickly covering a wee bit of what we talked about as we looked at the story of the journey of Abraham and his family. Because I, I just felt the importance of that when we shared it on Wednesday, and I know not everybody was there, and so can just for, for a couple of minutes. Um, I just struck but once again, and I'm struck over and over again every time I go back to the story of Abraham by how the voice of God, this was still something new to Abraham. He hadn't grown up in the church. He hadn't grown up as the part of the chosen people. Grown up in Babylon. And so whenever the voice of God came, the voice of God was new. Something that he hadn't known before. And this step of faith to leave what was known to the unknown has just continued to grab my attention this week. And I just continue to wonder, is it like the, the story for some of us in the room that maybe a fate is like there's, you've heard from the Lord and there's responding to his voice, but a fate is new. It almost feels so conflicting, so conflicting because it's calling you to leave all that you know to walk into, to journey into what is unknown. And the call on Abraham uh, could still come to any one of us like centuries later. The Lord said to Abraham, get up and leave all that you know. The places, the people, the culture, the comforts that you know and step into what is unknown. He never told them where he was going to end up. Never told them the end of the journey, just sort of instructed him gently towards the next step. And Abraham's Part of his story fascinates me because of his willingness to take not just himself but his family and journey to the unknown because he'd heard from Yahweh. As part of me wants to ask this morning, like who who likes to know where you're going? Or who maybe maybe you just prefer, maybe everybody in the room prefers it to be a surprise. I don't think any of my kids like it whenever I don't tell them where we're going. My kids get into the car. Where are we going? See when we get there, it's going to be a fun surprise. They don't seem to be able to be too enthused by that. They like to know where they're going. And so for Abraham, his faith comes to life as he sets out on a journey. That's why I I, again, just feel the importance of sharing that this morning. You know, it's not necessarily to do with money or currency or what we've been talking about, but I think it is really important for you to know that maybe in a place where faith just feels static or stagnant, I am 
telling you with as much certainty as it's possible to tell you that faith comes alive when you step out on a journey. Faith comes alive when you follow the voice. Abraham didn't know everything. I'm guilty of this. I want to know everything before I take the next step. I want to know all the pitfalls. I want to know all the things that are going to trip me up. I want to know all the mistakes that are possible before I give my yes. And Abraham's story just reminds me again that he didn't know everything. In fact, look at the amount of mistakes he made along the way. He deceived, he told lies, he he made mistakes, but he remained faithful. He continued on the journey. He didn't know everything. He still made loads of mistakes, but we watch his faith coming alive. And, um, and that is what can happen and will happen, I'm convinced of it, for all of us. And so it gets to the story of Melchizedek that we've watched this video of. Melchizedek, uh, as we mentioned on Wednesday night, the kids... Uh, learned about this over the summertime, this word Christophany. Anybody remember what that meant? I needed Amy to help me actually with this, so I shouldn't. I'm not an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. So I realized I was talking about this on Wednesday night, and I was like, oh my goodness, what's the definition of this Christophany? Amy was at hand, keep me right. Christophany, an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. And that's what some would say, that is, this is a mysterious priest king that arrives in the scene in Genesis 14. Um, and we have, no, we have no reference, there's no reference to his birth, there's no reference to his death, and as we would engage with this character in the Psalms and then in Hebrews, we'll see in some ways, like Jesus, he is, he is the eternal priest. Melchizedek, there seems to be no beginning and no end. Eternal priest in the, in the same nature as Jesus. But the story continues to fascinate. Again, we'll not spend too long, but just Melchizedek brings the bread and the wine. Again, a picture of Jesus who offers us his body, offers us his blood poured out on th- in the story that we come to at the cross. We see that this Melchizedek, he's a king of righteousness. He is a king of peace. But the first time this tithe, first time a giving of a tenth is mentioned is here in Genesis 14. And this is as basic an introduction as it gets to where we're going to go over the next couple of weeks. And please, can I just say, like, don't, don't not show up over the next couple of weeks as we're talking about money. If you, if, if you leave over the next couple of weeks feeling any sense of guilt or any sense of condemnation about your giving, then, I don't know what to say. Play, like that will not be Jesus. Do you know what to say? It won't be Jesus. If you go away feeling like that. And so I know it's, and, and maybe I, I'm oversensitive to this. Maybe I, I, be, I can be oversensitive to this to the point where we sometimes just avoid talking about it. We want to be true to all that has been given, all that has been entrusted, and the same way as we did with our time, we want to do with our money and just come open-handed. We want to be as open-handed as we possibly can. We want to be able to relinquish all. That's why I think it's good for us just to come at the end of this and just say, Jesus, I'm maybe, I'm maybe not fully there, but this is the posture of my heart this morning. Maybe truthfully, I'm not fully ready to surrender all 
Lord Jesus, look at my heart. I'm posturing myself. I'm turning towards you. I'm, 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 opening, I'm opening my hands and relinquishing all of my stuff. And the beautiful thing about Abraham is he is first mentioned as giving a tenth away of everything that he had. We're reminded, and we're reminded in this video that Abraham began to discover that the blessing wasn't just for him and his family, but it was for uh, all the nations. We sang it last week. Judith led us, the guys led us in this last week. The blessing was not just for their families and their children, but for their children and their children their children and their children. And, um, and that is the goal. That is, the, that, is the, that is part of the goal whenever we come to talk about this. The goal is that God's blessing through the family of Abraham will go to all the nations. And I think that is the goal of the church. Part of the calling of the church is that God's blessing will go through this family to the nations. And I'm so grateful that it does. So grateful that it does. So here is the, the first mention of the 10% of the tithe. We will see that on throughout the Old Testament where the Israelites will give their 10% of all that they have to honor the priests who work in the temple. But this is my challenge personally. I'm not necessarily wanting to put this on all of you, but I... I do wonder, in the same way that we are called to be faithful and wise with how we steward our time, sometimes I am guilty of what is the minimum I can get away with. When it comes to my time, so Sunday and of a midweek, and I do my time at the youth and all of that, this isn't always in my head, but sometimes it can be, what is the minimum I can get away with? And I, and I do that with my treasure as well. What is the minimum I can get away with? And everything else paid off, what's the minimum that I can offer? And so it's not that we're going to, it's not that we're not going to talk about 10% or that we're not going to talk about tithe or giving, but we want to come to this with a posture of not um, what's the minimum I can get away with, but how do I be faithful with it all? And so we're not going to be asking you for 100%, but we're going to be saying, how do we be faithful with all of it? So the temptation is just to come to this conversation and say, this is what the Bible says. Give your 10% or else. We're wanting to, I think we're wanting to raise the bar. That's what Jesus continued to do. He continued to do that throughout his life. We're wanting to talk about how we'd be faithful with it all. And so we want to be open-handed and we want conversation to be open. Really important, I think, in this that we be really open about this. And that's why I love being part of this family because that's what we, we want to do. We want to hear what, what's difficult. We want to hear what the hurdles are when it comes to this conversation. We want to be faithful and wise as we engage with this. We want to steward it at all. We don't want to be just ones that get away with the minimum amount. Jesus, what could you do with all of us? All of our time, all of our talent, all of our treasure. And so let's in some way respond to this this morning. Um, 
in the last few minutes. I, I love that the kids are part of these mornings. I think, again, to go back to that story that we shared at the beginning, the thought of every moment is anything can happen. And if anything can happen on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, I want the kids to be as close to that as possible. And so, um, so that's why these mornings are important. That's why they're that's why one of the reasons why I love them. So Jenna and the guys are going to come and, and lead us. So Father, as we offer something of ourselves, our hearts, our affection, our devotion to you, God, we just be real with where we're at. Where we're at. Thank you that you know us and you see us. We don't have to hide our our queries, our reluctance, our distractions. We don't have to hide all of that from you. God, we just give us the boldness to come open-handed and open-hearted, open-minded, open-mouthed. God, just to be able to, to offer you where we're at. Be willing to increasingly say, God, we are, we are offering it all, surrendering it all, Jesus, because you're worth it. Get some power, please. No power at the moment, sorry.